Hi, and welcome to the HeartSeed Health Podcast. I'm Noah Goldstein. Together, we're learning to cultivate health as we talk to incredible health-inspiring people about projects, programs, and events. Today, we're talking to Avani Dilger, the developer of the Natural Highs program. Um, it's an integrative strength-based educational program integrating traditional and alternative approaches to substance abuse prevention and intervention. I know Avani personally through the dance community uh, here in Boulder, and we've had, and I've had the awesome opportunity to attend one of her classes and events and administer acupuncture um, to the students as an opportunity for them to learn about it and as a tool for balancing the mind and the brain as far as the biochemistry is considered and just the relaxing effects of it. It was, for me, an uplifting, inspiring, and beautiful experience. Avani is a licensed professional counselor and a certified addiction counselor. Uh, She's a somatic psychotherapist and a member of the Motivational Interviewing Network of Trainers. She's specialized in substance abuse treatments with adults, teens at risks, and their families. She's done extensive research and training in alternative and traditional approaches to substance abuse and treatment, and she's really passionate about the creative potential of craving and addictions issues, which led her to develop the Natural High program, um, which we're going to be talking a lot about today, um, teaching teens and adults how to work in intelligence ways with their brain chemistry through body-mind practices like dance, ritual, meditation, and the creative arts. She also has a lot of work with um, the criminal justice system and working in there. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And um, I was hoping we could just start off learning more about how you got involved and interested in addiction and substance abuse. Okay. So that's a long story uh, at this point. (laughs) So um, I grew up in Germany in a very uh, conservative town, small town in Augsburg. And um, there was so much drug use going on in our town. And so as a young person, you know, that was my environment. And we didn't get any support as young people for emotional issues or no education And so within that time, two of my friends died in connection with their drug use. Mm. And so for me as a young person, that was a very difficult experience. Like, um, I didn't understand. I mean, both of these people didn't fit the stereotype of, you know, how people portray addicts and junkies. And so for me as a young person, it was like, how come that here are people that are so beautiful and so creative and spiritually interested Like, why do they have to die? Why is there not another path for them? And so I was enraged about that experience. And at that point, I literally determined that I will do nothing besides that in my life, that I want to figure this out, that I want to understand why that is, that beautiful people, you know, take corners or or get on a path that can really hurt them. And... um, and I wanted to understand that and I wanted to help, of course. And so I decided at that point, you know, to study whatever I could. And the interesting thing, though, you know, anything I learned at universities or read in libraries, what I found was it was always an external perception on substance use and addiction. But nobody, I, I, I didn't find anything talking to the internal dynamics 
of what is that that drives people, you know, to go so far to be destructive. And I also, I try to figure that out in myself. Like, what is it when you get driven by craving to do destructive things? I, I wanted to understand that force. And I was very lucky. At the same time, I was very interested in dance. And I came across forms of dance where it's not about performing, but where it is about using your body and your breath and your imagination to really go into altered states. And so I had those experience in dance studios that spoke much, much more to this experience of craving and seeking and despair um, where I was like, wait a second, there's many more answers here for me to understand this phenomenon than in all the you know, courses and books and uh, anything that is about addiction. And I realized that not a lot of people have access to those spaces, that to this day, you know, if you don't have the education, um, you might not know about that, mm -hmm. that there's actually other forms to go into altered states. And so I, I became very curious about how we could bring that kind of knowledge into high schools to young people. Um, and so that's really how it started. And then, you know, I came to the U.S. to be able to study alternatives for uh, alternative forms of psychology mm -hmm. and psychotherapy because the traditional approaches didn't really help people. And uh, I was lucky that I could study with a pioneer in somatic psychology, Christian Caldwell, who started the somatic program at Naropa University. Yeah. And she developed a very unique body-centered approach to working with addictions. So she studied how those dy dynamics actually show up and manifest in people m like long before people ever use a drug. And those her, her work and her observations really gave lots and lots of ideas of how we could help people in a much more productive way. And then there was another stepping stone, uh, you know, towards starting Natural Highs, which was that the moment I, I came to Boulder, I started working in traditional addiction treatment environments uh, because I wanted to learn anything I could, especially, you know, coming being a foreigner in this country. And I started working at the Boulder County Jail and I worked at the Addiction Recovery Center. So I saw that in this country, when people get uh, involved with substance use, that oftentimes they get involved in the justice system, mm -hmm. which, you know, it was a very shocking experience for me how people who struggle with substance use uh, get criminalized here because uh, I had a different experience in Germany right. and in Europe. And so for me, that was just like, wow, what you know, what's happening in this country and what's happening to people here? And I was lucky that for, for a few years I could see that on the inside and um, you know, see how people with, with traditional approaches really struggle to make a difference and help, but that we just, ha we had a really hard time connecting with people. And out of real, you know, feeling kind of at a loss for how we could help, I started bringing in different elements. So I started bringing in the Yerba Mate ritual, for example, or I started bringing in body-centered practices. And, you know, you can imagine that was not always easy in these traditional environments. Right. Um, and so at some point, it was clear that I had to, you know, step out of those contexts 
uh, and um, I had so many connections with high schools uh, that I just started listening. Okay, so when people use substances, what are they actually looking for? What's actually underneath? And so I never planned to, to start a program. What started it was really conversations with kids and adults in jail, in high schools, about what they're really looking for. And there were so many interesting aspects happening in those, con in those conversations where I thought, well, why don't we attend to those things that people are really looking for? And that was really the beginning of Natural Highs. Wow. Wow. It's just, um, I mean, I never, I didn't actually know the whole background story for you personally. Um, it's interesting to hear just how you mentioned how it's criminal criminalized very often. I mean, I did a Accu Detox training when I was in New York um, at the Lincoln Recovery Center in the South Bronx, and it was primarily, if not exclusively, court mandated um, addiction recovery that we were working with. And so there was even in that context of this training around addiction, you know, this connection between addiction and criminality, and and. Uh, and it's it's even more interesting on a certain level to hear that in other places that's not the same. Um, but so I want to hear a little bit more about the actual program. And mm -hmm. I know you mentioned the the mate ritual, and I know a lot of our, our uh, listeners are not familiar with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I also one of the things you, you said you spark you mentioned um, listening and hearing what what people are actually seeking mm -hmm. for. And, and so I, I would really love to hear about what they're actually seeking mm -hmm. for and then how y the program and the tools that you, you offer help them find those things. So that's a lot. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. It's perfect. Because this is what we need to understand, that substance use or addiction is a very complex, complicated phenomenon uh -huh. and I think you know there's not going to be ever an easy answer or easy fix to that and I think we need to treat we c need to come at this topic with a lot of humility in understanding that and I think one of the reasons why we've been successful in connecting with people especially people who really are struggling is because we don't pretend we have the answers. Mm. It's more about collecting those building blocks that seem to be interesting and helpful to people and then doing those. And so because of that, the program is not f a finished thing. Uh, we keep changing things. We keep adding things. So it's a very living process. Uh, and it it's decided by the people who are in it, right? So I run the program with tw about 20 high school students. So kids at this point, teens run the program, high school age teens, and they get to do what they find interesting. And so because of that, we do very unusual things for a substance abuse prevention program. So for example, we yeah. host sober raves, we do open mics, we just started a record label, Natural Highs Records. I saw that on yeah. the website, yeah. yeah. And we work with unusual things. So we work with herbs, and we work with the Yerba Mate ritual mm -hmm. that uh, I'm happy to talk more about. Yeah. Um, s because it's interesting, we were just at the Arise Music Festival right. and offered Natural Highs workshops, and my sense was that most people who didn't know us, who didn't know what we are offering, who certainly 
were not very interested in attending a drug prevention program at a music festival. Right. <laughs> I think most of them came because they were intrigued by the Yerba Mate ritual. And this is actually something we're learning from listening to people who use substances that a very big part of uh, that experience is not the chemical effect of the substance, but is actually the ritual. Mm. And we have seen this many times, especially in people who are, you know, mandated, court ordered for treatment and then are not successful. One of the big obstacles for them is that they cannot imagine not using a substance that is so tied in with their social life. Right. Uh, because if you are used to doing something with your friends and connecting in a certain way, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, oh, sorry, now you can't do that anymore. That's not a good situation for human beings right. because we want to connect and we want to be social and we want to be uh, not excluded. And so I think as humans, and this is something we learn in our program, that that dimension is so important and that we have to, if we want that people use less destructive substances, we need to find alternatives how people can feel they can connect socially, they can bond. You know, and it's interesting, we're learning that there's something about the gesture in a ritual. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about the words I say to mm -hmm. friends, but it's what we do together. And it's these very archaic gestures mm -hmm of handing something to somebody yeah, that, that seems to be important. Yeah. Yes, and I have heard from many, many, many people, you know, who have said that they don't really like cocaine by like itself that much, but it's the whole, you know, getting it, doing it, right. that the drug rituals are really much, much more exciting to people than maybe the chemical effect of the drug. Uh -huh. And if we don't pay attention to that, you know, we're not helping people. And so the interesting thing, so we found this beautiful ritual from Argentina that's called sharing the yerba mate, mm. uh, where, you know, people do a very similar gesture. It's a gourd and a bombilla are passed around in a circle of friends. It's a very similar gesture to what people do with marijuana, what people do with alcohol. But the interesting thing is that the herb that is used for this ritual works in about the opposite of how substances work in the brain. So it actually provides the building blocks for our own feel-good chemicals mm. to work better, you know, whereas drugs like alcohol or marijuana or cocaine actually undermine our own brain chemistry. Um, the yerba mate is actually supporting it. So we find that very interesting that here's a ritual uh, where people were that smart to actually create that beautiful social gesture yeah. and at the same time using an herb that is actually enhancing how our brains work and how we feel. So we use that ritual in every class we do, every presentation we do, because people can see that it's not the drug that gets people together, it's the ritual and that we can get more creative with that. Well, and especially in a day and age when ritual is is not as as common it's not as integrated into a lot of those day-to-day week-to-week rituals are are just not not seen as frequently um and my family every you know friday nights we, we celebrate shabbat and we light these candles and we have you know some some grape juice or wine and you know the, the bread and the, the challah and 
and and when we have friends in who aren't familiar with it who aren't, it's just this like entrancing enchantment of wow like you're singing all these songs and you know and to us it not that it's mundane because it, it, it is something very special that we even we look for it in our own family but but rituals are so powerful um and and i know that you and your program also speak a lot to about the the brain chemistry and that's a big focus on, the, on educating people around what each different drug and class of drugs how it impacts our brain and and then like you're saying that some of them most most drugs they they actually damage the the brain's own capacity to regulate itself and create a dependency mm -hmm. um and so i'm wondering yeah if you want to share more about that piece as well yeah and i want to say one last thing about the ritual oh, right because yeah. we think of our culture as a culture that doesn't have a lot of rituals uh -huh. But when you look at our daily lives, we do have a lot of rituals and a lot of rituals are very unhealthy because when uh. you look at habits that we have, you know, whether it is the habit of somebody using heroin or whether it's the habit of us using caffeine or alcohol, I mean, those behaviors have a lot of characteristics of rituals. Mm -hmm. They're not often very conscious, right. but they're definitely, they fulfill that need in humans to have structure and, you know, a certain element of ceremony in our lives. Right. And so that's a big, big, um, interesting question for us. Like, well, we seem to want that and have that as we are. So why don't we bring a little bit more consciousness to them and create rituals that are actually good for us? Right. I yeah. mean, the question what comes up, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is curating a, a picture and posting it on Instagram right. and, and choosing your hashtags <laughs> <right>. and <laughs> what little yes. ditty you're going to write about it or, yeah. you know, and then is that, you know, a ritual and checking it and seeing, ooh, you know, those are sort of rituals that have, have you know, for better or for worse. And, and it is also about connection to other people, totally, yes. which is really, you know, yes. because it is you're offering up, yeah. you know, here's this this beautiful image and then you're receiving these beautiful images that's from right. other people. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So w that's uh, interesting to us, right? We're learning a lot about how the brain functions. Um, and what we're learning is that a lot of our brain to this day functions as it was designed in the stone age so that's you know one aspect of why rituals are so feel so good to human beings because they provide that safety that we really needed in the stone age and seem to be really needing to this day um and you asked before you know what the number one thing is that people young people or adults uh you know, are looking for or um, want to get out of a program um, like what we do. It's very interesting to us. So over the last 15 years since we've, we've been doing Natural Highs, after every workshop, we ask people, what was the most important thing that you got? What was the most helpful thing? Because we do so many different things in Natural Highs. What was the most important thing that you received? And it's very fun to me to ask adults what they think it is because they never guess it uh, so i don't know you probably are spoiled because you know maybe what it is uh, do you want to guess it uh, what do you think it is about natural highs what will be the number one most important element that we do that people feel is helpful i would guess that it's connection with with peers See, that's what most adults guess, right? Okay. They, they guess connection or right. they guess respect and uh -huh. kind of all these kinds of things. It's not any of that. 
so what people mention, I mean, I'm sure they play a role, yeah. right? But what people actually mention is it's always the same. And it's been the same for 15 years. Yeah. And it's uh, number one is always that I learned about brain chemistry. Wow. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. So this is one thing, you know, we learned out of conversation that what p young people and adults really are looking for is understanding what do substances actually do mm -hmm. and then how d how does my brain actually work like mm -hmm. what what goes on when i have anxiety what goes on if i have depression and how can i work with that so we we saw it again at arise this weekend you know here are people at a music festival you would think that they just don't want to think at all or right. definitely not want to be intellectual maybe for three days <laughs> but it's the opposite people want to know about why why is it that i'm so driven by anxiety and what can i do you know so people are very curious about how their brain and how their body works and what we're, what we're hearing is that people have no opportunity to learn about these things. Wow. And so, you know, we, we constantly hear from young people who say, yeah, yeah, these drug programs, they tell me not to do drugs, but they never taught me why. Right. Um, and so that's what we're doing, right? So we're teaching neuroscience in natural highs mm -hmm. on really a pretty advanced level. Yeah. And we teach it, you know, the same whether we go into a high school or into a middle school or sometimes we have elementary school kids we teach the same level of like graduate level psychology because they want to know these mm -hmm. things they want to know like what does alcohol really do mm -hmm. what does marijuana really do in the brain and so in our program we don't tell people not to do drugs not to do substances we say you know this is such an intimate question what you do with your body and what you put into your body, nobody can make that choice for you. It's so personal. It's so intimate. You need to make that decision for you. No teacher can make that for you. No parent can make that for you. This is your decision to be made. And so what we want to provide is the information so that people can make a better decision for themselves. Sounds like we need to model our sex education <laughs> in this country around that same uh, um, attitude and, and orientation. That's... I mean, and what do you see? Do you see people walk away from the program and decide to lead a sober life? Or do you see that? I'm sure you see a mixture, um, but I'm curious like about, yeah. Yeah, so we ask about that, right? Because we are very curious because we're so different from other drug prevention programs that we were curious from the beginning and are still very curious about what is actually helping people, what do they do with this material, and what we do uh, throughout the course of a workshop. And so we do anonymous uh, evaluation forms after mm -hmm. every workshop. And so um, what we've learned is that consistently over the last 15 years, over 85% of all participants say that they either decrease their use of substances or that they stop altogether. Wow. So that is an incredible number. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have the resources at this time to do follow-up studies. Right, that was my next question. Because that would yeah. be super interesting, right? To yeah. see how does that Over stick time, six yeah. months, a year down the road. Uh -huh. So that would be kind of our next you know, wish in the well that we would have, that we have more resources to do that kind of research uh, and follow up with people. Because 
we we hear it all the time in the community where people come back to us and say you know this thing that you taught me that really opened my eyes and like we had uh, people last year at arise who after one workshop of one hour mm -hmm said we're done like we don't want to drink anymore we don't want to smoke weed anymore and like of those two people we stayed in touch we know that they're still living what we call the natural highs lifestyle so living without substances living without alcohol without marijuana and so on so we know you know from stories and yeah. uh, that people that you know that it makes a difference in people's lives that's i mean that's amazing and i i mean i i know firsthand from people in the community how it does make differences in, in people's lives. And um, I want to touch on the altered state of consciousness aspect of, you know, quote unquote, getting high, because we dove into how there's this huge ritualistic component. Um, but it seems like there's also an element where there's, you know, a human desire to seek out and experience altered state of consciousness and even in in cultures where it's not done through through drugs maybe there's fasting you know you talked about dance and i've also had some pretty altered state you know dancing experiences and um and so i'm curious you know what your perspective thoughts are on on you know why it is that we we seek and maybe even need those altered state of consciousness con and um and then a little bit about, yeah, just how we can, why or how we can reach them without using substances. Yeah, so, you know, I had many conversations, and to this day, I had one yesterday, uh, where I asked people, what are you actually looking for when you use this substance? Mm -hmm. And I have sat in circles of high school students in high schools here, where literally every kid said, I'm looking for an altered state of consciousness, I look for a spiritual experience, mm. you know, so that is phenomenal. And when, you know, I think about that, that that's a beautiful thing. Like I want to be in a room with people who are interested in altered <laughs> yeah. states and in spiritual experiences. I don't want to sit in a room where people are just fine with, you know, our day-to-day -day consciousness. So I think that's one of the things we have completely failed people who struggle with addiction issues is that we have not acknowledged that they are looking for really beautiful things. Mm -hmm. um, so there's an element of, you know, underneath an, uh, a search or underneath uh, taking a substance that is a really beautiful thing. And so we actually, we go into high schools, we say, you know, if you are drawn to a drug, even if it's a drug like cocaine or heroin, there's an intelligence underneath that why you are drawn mm -hmm. to changing your experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that impulse that you want to change something about your experience. That is, you know, evolutionary. That is a good human trait yeah. to be interested in that. Right. And so we say to people, don't stop that. Don't stop wanting to go into an altered state or don't stop wanting to change your experience, but learn how to do it in a way that it doesn't hurt you or that you can do that long term in a sustainable way better and better mm -hmm. so that you don't damage the 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 part of your body and your brain that you need to have those experiences right right, right. and so um so because of that we do a lot around altered states in our program 
and because uh, it's one of the favorite topics, especially of young people, but really people all ages. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when you study uh, what the chemistry of that is, of that longing for altered states, interestingly, it is exactly the neurotransmitters. Uh, the, the neurotransmitters that are involved are the ones that are getting copied by substances. Right. Another area, of course, is another one of the, you know human beings' favorite experiences, which is sex and love. Yeah. And because of that, we now do a lot around, uh, you know, the whole area that we call sex, love, and drugs, uh-huh. which is one of absolute kids' favorite topics. Oh yeah. And so we that's like a huge part of our program at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's interesting that all of these like favorite human experiences, sex, love altered states of consciousness really are happening in our body systems with chemicals, with neurotransmitters that we originally have that get copied by substances. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the, are you familiar with Bill Plotkin? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he has a, a, a really interesting model of human development um, and in which these teenage years, the late teenage years and the early adulthood years, you know, are about exploration, you know, I mean, which, and um, he calls it the, um, the, the the wanderer in the cocoon or something like that, you know, this idea of like going into the depths and exploring and, um, and, and that you have to, yeah, just explore the, these territories. And so it's, it's a really potent time, but it's also a vulnerable time because, yeah. you know, you need a cocoon, you need a safe right. structure. And, um, and it sounds like on a certain level, like you're offering this cocoon, this place for people to go into this ta- some somewhat taboo, somewhat uh, mysterious territory and, and explore it both within themselves and um, within a group of, of like-minded individuals, which is, is really lovely. Um, but what, what occurred to me in, in hearing that is, is that there, uh, my impression is that there's sort of a, a positive seeking of alternative states of, you know, I want to connect with, with God or the divine or like what's more than what there is here. And then maybe there's maybe positive and negative aren't the best words, but, you know, a, a seeking of an escape mm-hmm. of right. my reality yeah. is so uncomfortable, so unpleasant. So, you know, for whatever reason, I need a way out. Right. Um, and, and that's also a valid right. life experience right. that, that, of course, someone's going to want to escape yeah. their reality and transcend it and get an altered state of consciousness yeah. if they're facing really challenging circumstances. And so... Um, I don't know. I just wonder if if you if that polarity seems or you know if those sort of categories seem real for you yeah. and um, and if you address them maybe in different mm-hmm. ways or yeah. So you know, I think one thing that it, we learned over time is that all of those impulses are in all of us, mm. and I think that's another way <laughs> that traditional substance abuse treatment has really not met people or not uh, inspired people to engage is that they put this whole escape idea on the addict Uh right now i think if we're honest with ourselves there are lots of moments during the day where we all want to escape something that is uh, uncomfortable that's why we we check facebook (laughs) right right? (laughs) 
Yeah. Right. Or feel we need another coffee or, uh-huh. you know, we need a beer at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And so uh, what we try to do is to be honest and say, look, that's part of the human experience. And so what is it that you actually want to escape from? Because what we learn in Natural Highs is that, of course, when we include something, it becomes much, much more workable. When we say, well, this is, you know, anxiety, depression are all things we all know. Mm. Um, So what is it actually? And there are now plenty of studies that show that the moment you actually make something okay, you name an experience you have, Mm -hmm. that then a space opens up where you can actually do something with it. And um, so, yes, we talk a lot about when the impulse, uh, when people have really challenging experiences, and then that that one of the impulses to get away from that could be using substances like marijuana, alcohol, or, you know, prescription drugs, Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things, or behaviors, like you said, like, you know, social media or whatever. so because of that, we do now a lot of classes around mental health issues, around depression, around anxiety. And again, we find just an enormous curiosity among both young people and adults in learning about that. I just had a conversation at Arise yesterday with an adult about you know anxiety. He said he has debilitating anxiety and doesn't know what to do with it and mm. is extremely curious to learn about it. And again, when we ask ourselves, so where do people learn about these things? You know, where do both teens or adults right. in all our culture right now learn about what is it that we call depression or anxiety and how can I understand it and what can I do about it? So, you know, not everybody can go to a university and study psychology right. courses right. to yeah. understand that. And so that's the material we bring in, right? So we teach what anxiety is from a somatic perspective Mm. so that and we do practices how to actually work with it and Uh how to channel this energy in a more productive way and that's why people come to natural high so at this point we actually have more kids coming to our program not because of drug use but because of their struggles with things like depression anxiety and also things like just loneliness you know, mm-hmm. and so I think one of the strengths of our program is that we invite, invite anybody from all over the spectrum. So it's somebody, w- you don't have to have experiences with drugs to come to Natural Highs. We have plenty of kids now who have never done drugs, who just want to learn about how to be happier and how to be more connected. Right. Uh, and then we have people, you know, with very serious drug use. And then we have people who don't even want to quit uh, substances, uh-huh. but they are really interested in herbs for example herbs that are good for you that help you with de- depression and anxiety yeah um and so then you know through the back door it's like oh maybe then i am interested in doing less of the right. harming substances so it's it's uh, we try to provide a space for everybody wow. and then we it's interesting for us to learn you know what people are really curious about i mean that's it's just so wonderful to hear about and I'm 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 so happy that you're doing this and um, wish it was around for me when I was a teenager. Um, I could talk about this all day, 
but I want to respect your time and our mm-hmm. listeners' time. So I have two more questions. Mm-hmm. So right now there's a program that, that goes that happens in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have trainers in other places? Or, I mean, w- do you have a bigger vision of like a national network of natural highs or kind of where, where what do you see in the future? Because like, yeah. So that's a very interesting question because for years we've been in a place where we get many more requests. Mm-hmm you know, from schools, from community programs that want natural highs, many, many more requests than we can provide uh, the, uh, the work. And so we, at this point, we have a bunch of young people who were with us as high school students who worked in the program, uh-huh. who were, you know, were the teachers who are fully trained in providing natural highs. Wow. And for example, we have a pilot site in Australia right now okay. where one of our young people is doing natural highs uh, with Aboriginal youth, which is very exciting. Yeah. And then we have another pilot site in a residential treatment center close to Estes Park where one of our young people is teaching natural highs. And we have now local drug programs that hire our young people to teach natural highs within their programs because, of course, they struggle with inspiring people to Mm. connect, and they know that natural highs elements are so engaging and interesting to young people. So they're actually paying our peer mentors to teach natural highs. And so we are exactly at the verge of that question of how can we bring this, you know, because we see that we, in in this area here around Boulder, we are very privileged. We have a lot of cutting-edge programs mm-hmm. and teachers, and and there's lots of places in the U.S. and beyond that don't have that uh, access to that level of education. And so we want to do that. And so we're looking into ways of, you know, using our website and using social media more in supporting people in other places. And um, the struggle at this point is really, you know, that... Uh, the, the, the substance abuse prevention field is really opening up, is getting more curious about approaches that actually do work. <laughs> but there's still a lot of um, kind of in-the-box thinking. Mm. So to this day, you know, we have a really hard time getting grants and getting financial support ah. because we don't fit into the box. And so we have to do our a lot of our own fundraising right. and Uh, We will start a campaign here pretty soon on Patreon uh, where we want to collect a community around us who wants Mm -hmm. to support us uh, because we're not getting a lot of financial support through like the typical institutional funding sources. Yeah, Which is, I mean, so Natural Highs is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And so the final question always is how can people connect, learn more, and in this case, donate if they, you know, if, if they feel moved to to contribute to this movement and to help educate more young people and adults around how to be more healthy with regards to their mental health, with regards to relationship to substance. Um, so how can people connect with you, connect with your website? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, there's a lot in the works. And I think the best way to connect right now is to check out our website, okay. which is naturalhighs.org. So it's naturalhighs with an S. Uh-huh. org, And uh, on the website, people can sign up on an email list mm-hmm. so that they can become part of our community and hear of our events and workshops. A lot of events and uh, programs we do are free. 
uh, this is one of the things that we hear from kids who run the program right. that it's really essential yeah you know especially for young people that there's not a further obstacle for them um, so a lot of our classes and presentations and community presentations are free and a lot of them are open to the public so you can find out all about that on our website and you get the you know current invites through the newsletter and that's also how you would find out about future funding uh, drives and ways to get you know be part of a supporting community great yeah great that's awesome so and i always put in the show notes um the links mm -hmm. so that everyone can find them and okay. um really really want to encourage people who are listening to to consider supporting this is is just a really special unique thing and watching it you know having been a part of mm -hmm. it as an acupuncturist and because mm -hmm. and and utilizing that to help people come into balance i mean it's just an amazing program so Avani, thank you so much, so much for the time to spend with you. We're actually here drinking mate ourselves <laughs> and sharing that ritual and um, on this beautiful rainy day, which is unusual in Boulder. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping everyone who listened to this got something out of it. And, you know, whether it's more curiosity or, or an inspiration to go try something, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, you can always get in touch with me or mm -hmm. with or with Avani through me. Um, and if you enjoyed this, feel free to go to the web our website heartseedhealth.com to subscribe to listen to get future podcasts in your inbox. And you can also go to the iTunes Store to uh, subscribe to the podcast through the through the iTunes. Um, thank you everybody and i hope you have a great day and let's all do what we can to cultivate I'll health today and tomorrow the seeds we sow must break open in order to grow shed their skin